up? What up? Jimmy Murray here with Frank Padalano, and we are the Cashflow Kings. The Cashflow Kings podcast discusses money, finance, mindset, and investing with an emphasis on cash flowing real estate. Thanks for joining the Cashflow Kings, and welcome to our new episode, Flipping High-End Houses in Hawaii with Indar Lang. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Aloha. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here. You know, hopefully the weather's a little bit warmer in Hawaii than it is in Rhode Island today because it's a little chilly, even for the end of March. So <laughs> I got a jacket on. I'm I'm a little chilly here too. <laughs> you can see me with my hoodie over there too. Seventy one here, so it's a cold 71. day. <laughs> <laughs> stuff. We're not even gonna hit half that. <laughs> no, I wish it was supposed to be sixty yesterday. I don't know what happened, but hey, here we are. Another day. Crazy spring weather in New England. Yeah. Um, so Indar, we're excited to have you here. Um, you know, we heard that you flip high-end houses in Hawaii, so we're really excited to learn about that. Yeah. Um, we haven't had anyone on the podcast that flips high-end houses, so definitely <laughs> interested in diving deep. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, so a little bit about myself. Um, I'm born and raised here in beautiful Hawaii, born and raised. I'm a local. Uh, this is where I grew up. Uh, this has been my home. Uh, born in very poverty, born in... Uh, uh, water catchment generator in the bushes in Hilo. We grew, uh, we grew, my parents grew pot for a living. <laughs> so it was uh-huh. a pot farm <laughs> in Hilo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is back in the seventies and, uh, it's, you know, it was a little different back then. Um, but I was born very differently. I grew up, you know, had a whatever upbringing, got a degree in electrical engineering, which is a great job. You can make a lot of money, you know, maybe top at 150,000 a year, but that's great. But, I wanted more in life. And, uh, you know, I wanted the million dollars. I wanted the, the things, items, I, uh, you know, the legacy builds, the cash flow uh, of it all. And uh, that's what led me into real estate and um, sign up some, you know, I signed up for a program, one of those programs that you hear all the time. And, uh, and it was actually good. It, it was education, which I love about this business. I am constantly investing in education. Um, I, I go to, uh, there's bigger pocket meetups and all the different meetups we have. I spent a lot of money just on education alone. Um, probably 50,000 last year, I think on education. Um, so I'm That's a amazing and super important. I think a lot of people, they get started and they're like, Nope, I'm done. I, yeah. I know it, but I mean, I'm 10 years officially. I think I'm officially 10 years deep in this business. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's something new every day. <laughs> So I, I respect the education perspective for sure. It's it's like its own language. Real estate in general is, was like its own language too. I remember, you know, escrow and title and I don't know all the different nuances. We There's so many acronyms, you know, that's being used. It's always like- And then if you use the wrong acronym, someone's like, what, huh? Did you do this? And it's like, well, yeah, this is what we say here, but yes. you use a different term here. Yeah. Yes. Trying to figure it out. Different I mean, dialogue. uh, I'm in multifamily wholesaling and flipping. So I'm in a lot of different spaces in the industry. So I, I follow some of the nuances. Yes. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah um, started flipping in 2013. And when I started here in Hawaii, there was no one really scaling and doing big. You know, I had the negative naysayers of, hey, you can't scale this. You can't do it big. Our price points are too big. Um, my first flip I bought was 700, 750,000. We bought a house for, and that was my first flip. And um, there was so much negativity of people saying you can't. But then I looked at those people that were telling me I can't, you know, they didn't have a million dollars. They didn't have much. They were, you know, maybe average people telling me I can't. And um, I had to turn off those voices and start listening to, I had a millionaire mentor friend of mine 
And he's and he, he told me once, hey, the, the flip I was looking at, hey, somebody's going to do this deal. Either you make the money or you don't. You know, you make zero or we were going to make 150 and uh, somebody's going to do it. So you decide you want to do it or not. And that's always been my mindset ever since. Somebody's going to do the deal. So either you figure it out or somebody else does. You Think know? about it this way, though, too. The more naysayers that are out there, you have more opportunity for you, right? Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think of that way. Yeah. Yeah. I should tell him. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't do it. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You you're can't. right. <laughs> you're right. Don't even try. That's so true. So, so like the biggest thing that I think about when I think about taking out a $750,000 flip, I'm guessing that that was the entry price. Yeah. That's purchased. Holding costs. So as yeah. you're approaching this first deal, like what does it look like trying to get funding on, on a deal of that size? Yeah, our gap fundings. Well, this is actually back uh, pre hard, hard money was hard to get back then. Hard yeah. money was average was, I think, 12 percent and a few points. That was that was like a good deal back then. And they would only lend to you unless you had deals on your belt. Um, yep. So I had to bring in somebody who had deals under about, and I partnered with them. And I tell those people all the time, you know, splitting a deal is still better than making nothing. So don't feel ever scared if you you have to split a deal. So I brought in a partner uh, and I, and I partnered with somebody and it was great. And um, yeah, a lot 50% of, of something. <laughs> Huh. Yeah, 50% of something is better than 100% of nothing, right? Exactly, exactly. And a lot of those bigger guys, if you can bring them a deal, they're, they're psyched, right? Yeah. They'll take yeah. part. And honestly, you uh, looking forward to hearing about your experience, but a lot of those guys get really excited when it's someone newer and then they can share like all the stuff that they learned. So it actually expedites mm-hmm. your learning curve dramatically. It, it so much does. I mean, your first deal is like popping your cherry. I tell <laughs> it is. It's yeah. like a huge hump to get over once you do one, uh, one deal. You know, it's, it's such a huge hurdle, I guess, in the business, I feel like. It's amazing looking back. I think about when I bought my first multifamily, yeah. the shit that I didn't know <laughs> that I know now is like <laughs> insane. Um, but that was also in, you know, 2012 and I would probably, you know, sell my left arm, my firstborn and <laughs> numerous other things to, uh, to level up and get deals at those prices that we saw back in that time frame. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Heck Just yeah. a few years ago, I wish I had some of those deals for selling right now. That's some of my flips that I've had. So, so yeah. that first one that you bought for seven fifty, how much work did you end up putting into it? And what did that end up selling for? Uh, I think we did uh one fifty into it. I budgeted uh 120 went over contractor walked out on me, yada, oh. yada, yada, you know, the same sad story contractor took the money and had everything happen, whatever it happens. Um, figured it out myself, I jumped in there, finished up the job myself. I have a contractor's license, um, sold it for a million, million one about just close to, um, and actually my partner at the beginning of the deal left uh, beginning of the deal. And he kind of left me uh, to figure it out and wow. super scared. And, and uh, he was supposed to be taking care of the funds and the hard money and he left. And so, you know, that's the name of the game is figuring it out. I think that's what's trial by people. fire. Huh? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That's what uh, I think that this business is figuring it out is what levels you up so fast. You know, it's, there's no one like really like holding your hand, you know, some of the decisions you have to make, you're kind of like just gutting it out and going for it. You know, you're making your best guess. Sometimes I feel. Well, you get better through the hard work and the pain, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. 
yeah. But um, yeah, so we uh, we flipped we flipped one two that first year, uh, three four the next year four five. You know, it kind of just sold slowly scaling. We didn't go you know dive on head in. Um, and now we consistently do just about 20 year. We do 20, 25 million last year in fix and flips. Um, I do projects. We just purchased a 2.7 million uh, with an 800,000 rehab. And we're pre-selling that at 5.1. Um, that is wild. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do a lot of those kind of projects. So they're fun. They're the holding is crazy. Of course, you know, I've had some huge mortgage pay, payments, um, I remember last year I was paying 60,000 in mortgages a month. And I was like, Ooh, that hurts. <laughs> when you say a 2.2 million, this is off market. What would a $2.2 million house look like? Hawaii? What's an example for us? So, it's if sad, you tell but... me it's a two bedroom, one bath, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> no, it's actually sad because it's pretty much land you're paying for. Um, I did a, a 3.2 million last year. We, um, it was a beautiful house. The land alone was 2.7. Wow. <laughs> so the house is probably the same as some house in, you know, the Midwest. It's just the land you're paying to live by the ocean. You're paying by live by the beach. You're paying to live by, you know, location, location. So huge here in Hawaii. Um, paying is, to live other people's dreams. Yeah. <laughs> a million dollar house in Vegas is a little different than here. You know? yeah. I live in a million dollar house and it's just an average house. It's not, I mean, it's nice, but it's not, it's not that great. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, so we have some crazy price points, but you know, I used to remember, I was like, oh, I want to do a hundred a year. And I want to be like the big names out there that are doing so many a year. Um, and and they're making, you know, X amount of money. But then I seen that, yeah, they were making X amount of money, but I only had to do like 10 houses or 20 houses to make that exact same. Cause they're making, you know, whatever Idaho or Vegas are making 10, 20,000 off of flip that deal. I just talked about with you right now. Well, if we had all says and done and goes right, we'll, we'll make 1.4, you know, profit off of that thing. Yeah. So I don't have to do as much. I just need to do, uh, it's a, it's a fine line. I don't like doing big ones. I do them and I'm great at them. Let me tell you why I don't like doing them um, because you're very detailed involved. You know, you have to have the, the led lights under the cabs and the high end this, and uh, you know, you're very detail involved in that kind of design and that, that project itself, you know, you're selling a high end product. You better have some little touches there. You know, I rather do the, the cheap stuff for me is the four or 500,000 uh, out in wine. I do a lot of those. Um, and those are, those are the cheap stuff and we can be in and out and just be a, a basic, normal, simple house uh, type of project. Yeah. So I think one of the coolest things that you talked about was pre-selling. So what does pre-selling look like for you typically? Um, so that actually, that's a cool project right there. So that 5.1 million, um, the realtor has another project that she already pre-sold and uh, what she'll do, she'll have an open house and say, oops, sorry, this is already sold, but we have this project coming up. So we'll do that a lot or because the market is so hot right now, um, I'll generally market up a little more on a pre-sell. Um, and I'd actually learned the hard way, um, right when COVID was, I don't know, COVID was, we had that big scare of COVID at the beginning, like what was going to happen? And then the market really shifted and I, and I pre-sold a house, um, just what I initiated the ARV to be. 
um, and we were maybe uh, three months out from finishing the project. And uh, I left a hundred grand on the table wow. because the appraiser came in and uh, we sold at 1.1 and appraisers like, well, you could have got 1.2 for this thing. And I was like, Shit. I like, I mean, I was happy, but I was still like, I was actually more sad because right. I was like, I left a hundred grand on the table <laughs> just because I was pre-selling and I wasn't confident in the, the turn of the market, you know, where we were heading at that time. You remember everyone was kind of like ooh and eyeing what what was, was going to happen yeah it was like chicken little like the world was going to end at that point yeah, right yeah. because we're yeah. all i mean we're all educated real estate investors in the fact that we know the markets are cyclical right yeah so we know that there's going to be some type of pullback at a certain point and exactly like you're saying like many folks thought that it was going to be COVID, and COVID ended up being gasoline on the fire <laughs> that's right, right? Like, I, I remember the start of COVID and uh, no hard money was lending to me. Every lender was shut down because, of, you know, BlackRock and uh, the other uh, hedge funds weren't buying. So it was only in-house hard money lenders that were, were buying, doing these loans um, because they had in-house investors. Um, so all the hard monies, I was with Civic, Lending One, Lima One. Uh, I, would, I would source out to all of them. I have a lot of weight to throw around because I do high volume. Right. So I was sourcing out, you know, what can you guys produce for me? I had five or six big deals in escrow to buy. And um, I pushed through it. I just had that feeling. You know what? You know what the feeling was? Was They were only lending to class A investors like me. I had to you know, show I had a big track record. So, hey, they were only lending to me. That means all the new guys weren't getting deals. So I was thinking that means there's little scarcity of deals involved. So I kind of was already feeling that supply and demand where we're at now at that beginning back then. And I, and I played off of that and I bought as much as I could. I pushed hard at that COVID beginning and uh, it believe me, it paid off. So, yeah. Yeah. Six months later, you probably look like a you know, superhero, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, I was scared, but I just, I, I go for it. And uh, the fr- I mean, the first couple of months, your stomach's doing backflips and then, you know, come the summer. <laughs> probably yeah. cashing out so um, <laughs> yep, yep, i applaud yep. you for that no doubt risk reward risk reward yes yes that's the name of the game i mean uh in flipping in general i mean that's what our arv is all about you know a lot of it is that but um yeah so we've been flipping now for a while i have a great team behind me uh that flips now we're a nationwide actually we're doing wholetailing and wholesaling nationwide buying a lot of properties across the u.s and wholesaling um, that's a great leg of the industry. And then um, now we're just trying to get a lot of cash flowing. Like you guys talk about on all your pod- podcasts, you know, just, I want to get a shirt, how many doors you got, you know, so the no to no would only know, right. You'd only investors would know. <laughs> I, so honestly, that'd be great advertising because that'd be like a billboard to just talk to anybody that owns some doors. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but if you didn't know, you wouldn't know, you know, I think so. I think the point that you made, like rather than aiming for, you know, a certain number of flips in a year, maybe aim for a certain profit. Right. So you're like, hey, yeah. I'm doing 20 flips. And I'm making as much as the guy's doing 100 flips. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. Well, now that we do, we do multi and, and cost um, have a lot of rentals and so forth. The cost segregation is really stepped up our game in flipping because it allows you to make a lot more, you know, and not have to pay taxes. So we're constantly trying to, to battle that. So that's, you know, next level stuff. 
when you're when you're doing that kind of stuff you're you're buying multifamily in the sense for the write-offs a lot of times to help the, the cash flow you know the, I, I the cost segregation man that was like a like a mind blow and you speak to anybody that knows about that you're like it's just it just it's like wow you know i, I remember uh, when i did it on my taxes a few years ago and I paid no taxes. I was like, holy cow. <laughs> You're like, wait, it works, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We have some less experienced investors on the podcast. So maybe you could take a minute and just dive deep on yeah. association and, and where do you start? How do you get started on that? And, and what does it do? I love talking about it. So we do our flipping business and we make a lot of money with it and it's great and all. And, uh, you know, depending what tax category you're at, say you got to pay, I don't know, 35% in taxes. So, you got to pay a lot of taxes. You got to pay capital gains and so forth. You can offset that by buying rent investment properties. You can buy a rental or multifamily, whatever it may be. And what the cost seg study states is that you can take a house um, and a house the IRS says that it will go to zero in 27.5 years. It will depreciate in value, uh, meaning that you know, it, it, it will fall to ground basically. And uh, they incentivize us to keep upkeep these properties. Really, that's what they're motivating us to do. They want to have nice rental properties for the U.S. citizens. And that's the whole incentive of, of a cost seg study. Um, so the IRS says that, hey, this house, the house, not the land, will go to zero in 27.5 years. So you can take the value of your house, say, uh, I don't know, million dollars because I'm in Hawaii, a um, million dollars, divide that by 27.5. Now you're able to take that right off every year for the next 27.5 years. Um, IRS also has a thing called a cost seg study and you pay a professional engineering company that prof- that are not a tax accountant. They are professionally at that. And that's kind of important to use, of course. And um, they will also offset the roof and the doors and the windows and the flooring all have a lifespan. And what they're doing is they're taking that lifespan of those items. A roof is 15 years, a door is seven years, a flooring, I think is about seven years. And they're pushing all of that up front. And we're taking that all right now, right this year. Um, We're taking right away. So we're taking all that depreciation. We're pushing it up. So just the two caveats, if you guys all have, you know, property rental properties is one, it's got to be over about a hundred thousand to make it worthwhile to do. And two, you can't sell it within five years because you're, you're taking all of those depreciations up front. So if you do sell it, of course, you're going to have to recapture and pay it back. So, you know, anyone is worth doing. And the average cost is, this is just averages. I'm not a professional. It's about a thousand dollars per, per house, give or take, you know, if it's a house, multifamily, totally different story. Um, and your stud, your savings are about 25%, um, uh, 25% of the house value, house value, you know, so you can really get a quick average real quick of what your savings are. And now we're actually offering that out to our, our investors. So we buy multifamily and you guys get kick out of this. We buy multifamily and we put in an LLC and then inside that LLC, the, the owners of that LLC can get the, the cost savings, the cost savings. So we are buying some huge, uh, we were buying a 22 million uh, the other week in Minnesota and we were getting about five, five million in depreciation. We were giving that out to our investors and uh, yeah, putting them, the, they're becoming um, general partners as well. So they can get that savings, you know, cause the savings is pretty huge, especially doctors, lawyers, very professional people out there. They can recapture those savings too. 
it's a little complicated. Yeah. You got to have a good tax guy in your team, but yeah, definitely. But I've made money on it. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah. saved, that saved me last year. Or yeah. Jimmy, I would have had to get a loan from you. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I would have owed six figures if I didn't have a cost like study. Whoa. Yeah. 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 And it's it's a federal federal tax, by the way, too, guys. It's state by state is every is different in every state. So it's a federal tax, which is a bigger tax. So once people really savvy understand what they're saving, they're not paying, I don't know, 30, 40% in taxes. You know, that's a huge savings once people realize what they're getting out of it. Absolutely. Yeah, I love I love talking about that. It's a little complex, you know, and you can't really talk about it on Instagram and all that stuff. So <laughs> people just want the one liners. Yeah. Oh, they want to see like, you they want to see you dance and uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think about like Cody Sperber on top of his Tesla of like the, the fire cannon that he had or whatever it was, right? They want to see the crazy stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you gotta be quick and quick at it. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, we've been uh, dabbling and doing it all and just trying to grow now generational wealth is where we're at, you know, uh, you know, what we can pass down to the kids and, and uh, the excitement of all of that, you know, flipping is great. And I love flipping and we do some crazy, crazy flips. Um, you know, it's very common for us now, average purchase, like a million bucks. So um, somebody's going to do the deal. Somebody's going to figure it out. So might as well be you or somebody. <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, I always I always talk about that. Anyway, and are you, on your local forward. deals, on your local deals, are you buying them all off market? Are you seeing anything on any type of MLS? You buying from any yeah. other wholesalers? What are you seeing? Yeah, we track all our KPIs. So our KPIs uh, indicate actually sixty seven percent of our deals come from uh, MLS. Wow! Uh, and we're very savvy off the MLS. We work with multiple agents. Um, we're constantly, and we want to work with more agents. Uh, who are constantly bringing us deals um, and uh, they make, they'll get to buy and sell. We decided an agent made um, uh, four touches off a deal, off a $2.2 million deal. He got the buy and sell off of 2.2. We did nothing to it. We put it right back on at 2.6, 2.7. I think we put it right back on and uh, he made the the two sides of the, off of that too, as well. Then we did the house exactly next door at 2.4 and now we're just closing at shy from 3 million and he's making two off of that. So he's making a great ton off of that. He's actually probably making more than us, but I'm fine. I, you know, we didn't actually know work. We just turned, <laughs> I just jacked up that neighborhood a so little bit, but it was low end it, in that neighborhood. Do you think that's from you just knowing the market or how um, you kind of find those deals? Yeah, understanding my areas, yes. Um, very understanding my areas and sub uh, neighborhoods, inside of neighborhoods, you know, are very important. You know, yep. this side of the street can sell for more. You know, that's a lot. That stems off of that um, because you can lose money real fast in this business too. Yep. I'm not knowing your ARV. Right now, everyone's an excellent flipper that you can't lose. Yep. I mean, <laughs> everyone's the master and they're, they're in the Instagram gurus who've, they flip five houses and now they know everything, you know, um, and they've been flipping for two years. Uh, <laughs> but they know it all, right? <laughs> yeah. They know. Well, I mean, I don't want to put it that way, but yeah, it's, yeah. you know, it, until you understand that the nuances of your ARV is so important and, and figure out a 3 million or a $3.5 million ARV could be catastrophic, you know, in, in, in some senses, if you you're off a little bit because when you're selling a um 
when you sell a $5 million house, you don't just lower your, your prices by like 10, 20 grand. You're lowering your prices. If it's not selling by a hundred grand easily to 200 right, grand. Right. Um, I have, I had a house for sale at 3.5 the month before COVID hit. We were in escrow um, selling this thing and we were going to make a hefty profit and COVID hit and uh, buyers backed out and they were scared. And um, we, we took the, anything we can get about a few months later at 3.2. Um, and luckily I got out. I mean, I made a hundred off of a hundred grand off of it, which I'm not going to cry about, but if I didn't have enough profit in that thing, you know, cushion, I call my profit, my cushion, actually on a flip. I don't think of my profit as my profit. I think of it, this is my risk factor. Am I willing to risk this type of deal to make this much money? So I even know, I don't even look at my, my, my return on my investment or my cash on cash return. My cash on cash is infinite. Technically I, I bring in investors and talking about investors, man, my gap funding, I got to bring up some of these deals. Um, you know, it's five, 600,000 in gap funds alone. So I'm constantly trying to find more investors to work with us and uh, to partner with us on deals. Um, so gap funds are, are just as tricky sometimes, you know, it's really an in, in, intricate part of what we, we need. I heard, do you do lending too, Jimmy? <laughs> yes. So I've been fortunate. So like when, when COVID hit and then we realized that the, the sky wasn't falling, yeah. A lot of the investors that we work with through my management company, the cap rates have become so compressed with investors yeah. coming in awesome that yeah. like my guys were spoiled. So they're looking at cap rates and I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm good with that. So I've moved some of my larger clients that had access to capital into mm-hmm. being hard money lenders on flips that we tackle. Mm-hmm. So that, that was like the key pivot there. Um, but it opened it up for us where now we're typically tackling like four to five flips at a time. Yeah. Um, and you know, I joke that my son's seen more off-market deals than most investors. <laughs> so uh, um, we've, we've just been fortunate because we pre- established ourselves as cash buyers in the business uh, yeah. with the backing of our clients just from rotating capital. Because in my mind, if they had allocated X amount of dollars to invest in real estate, I want to make sure that those dollars don't go back to the stock market. So it's my job <laughs> to put them on the street. The velocity so can... of money, keeping that money That's moving. It. That's and, it. And, and it's so important. People don't realize that. That's huge because... Uh, we had a, a deal where the money was just going to sit in there and uh, I was going to pay interest and I'm still paying interest on that. I yep. do a, a, a six months minimum to some of my investors. So no matter yep. what they make six months minimum money, yeah, I will right. still rather get that money out, pay them their six months and use it again, even though I'm really well, now they're excited, them. right? Yeah. They're making more, you know, and it, to me, the velocity of money faster, I can move that money to make more as well. It, it makes it a win-win yep. for everybody, you know, uh, and, 100%. Uh, that's so awesome that you found, uh, you know, keep their money moving. That's what you're talking about. It's that's keeping, a, keeping that money. Yeah. Somebody that's said the, velocity of money. That's one of my favorite phrases. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good phrase. You'd be, uh, so you're talking about cap rates. We're doing a, a multifamily flip right now where the cap rate is like three and a half. <laughs> so we do some multifamily here in Hawaii, but it's so, uh it's so bad uh, the cap rates, but there's um, the huge plays on uh, the rent raises. We can raise the rents huge, and uh, we'll flip it more so. Now you're speaking um, my language, right? Because that, <laughs> that honestly, that's what we play every day. Like we look at these opportunities. It's yeah. I'm like, whoa, those are rents from like 
15 years yes. ago. Yes. <laughs> yeah. When they hand, it's handwritten shoebox, you know, of all their expenses and, uh, you know, their, their PL is just a piece of paper, you know, those are the, those are the great deals. It's so, so funny. I just, yeah. uh, we just secured a off market deal, a million dollar deal for four side by side duplexes. They're all in the same street. Three are literally right next to each other. Oh, nice. Um, so in Rhode Island, like the way that they would build uh, multifamily houses were by the factories that are along the, the rivers uh, throughout mm-hmm. the state. Mm-hmm. So one of these houses is down the street, but it was like the factory owner's house. So that one's like baller. That's a nice one. Yeah. Um, where the heck was I going with this? This was exciting for me. I don't know. I thought I saw this on your Instagram story though. So yeah. Yeah. So this, this was, this was a really cool deal. Um, oh, old school leases. That's where I was going. Literally lease from 1995 really they had like multiple options and then you were like circle one and they were both initial <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> like, oh, well you know what this guy did it right the tenants take care of all the landscaping all the snow removal they're required yeah. to pump the septic they're required to pay for the um heating system to be serviced on an annual basis yeah and even though the rents were low i'm like you know what when you start to factor in that stuff they're not terrible yeah he's yeah, already yeah. all the tenants so jimmy i still I, have a tenant from 1985 Really? Jeez. Oh. I hope you've been raising that rent. <laughs> How much? It was my it was one of my elementary school teachers. She moved in the year after I had her. Oh jeez. Wow. <laughs> That's a long rental. You gotta take care of her. That's know. a long, long rental. Indoor, yeah. what's your biggest challenge right now in your business? Uh, we're scaling now in huge multifamily, so just raising more money to do more. I think that's probably everyone's challenge now that uh, we're buying, a, I don't know, 31 homes in Connecticut right now for $7 million. Wow. Um, pretty creative financing on that deal. So we do have, we still have to raise about 700000 more on that. But um, just getting larger now, we're getting more into some of these bigger, higher, higher scale deals, you know. Uh, so you just have to raise a lot more. So the that's the name of the i think all of us are is our struggles if we had more money we can always do more so <laughs> hey jimmy we see yeah. something big in newport we'll have to call indar see if we can yeah no doubt no yeah. doubt. hotel or something we've been right, doing a, a lot of ppc up there and now uh, you guys side of the world and getting a lot of deals so ppc has been working great for us um more for single family uh houses stuff but um uh, yeah But um, so what do we talk? So some struggles I've had in business. I've lost eighty thousand on a flip one time, and uh, that hurt. <laughs> that hurt bad. Oh. <laughs> that was my third deal ever, and um, we had an ARV conservative. What it was in a condo. What one other condo sold for, and uh, we were selling at that same price. We were pretty much exactly the same as that condo unit, um, and uh, we couldn't sell it. Um, this was back 2014, 15, when you were happy to get a, uh, just lost Frank there. We were yeah. happy to get uh, asking, you know, <laughs> back then you were happy to get your asking price when you sell a house and, um, and uh, we couldn't sell it. Um, Isn't that crazy I, how the market shifted? Like now yeah. we're like, we're going to list it and we're going to get above ask no matter what. And back <laughs> yeah. then you're like, all right, listen, if I get within 5% of where we're yeah. going to ask, I'm good. Yeah. 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 Asking is like your lowest price now. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you're, no, you're at asking. <laughs> crazy how the world has shifted. Even the multifamily, I noticed that too, because uh, it's hard to convince them sometimes because they know they can sell it off the MLS or whatever. So, yeah. And because uh, the market kind of, you know, it's crazy. A lot of people know that, of course. Yep. 
I, I mean, in our area, it's it's really kind of crazy how multifamilies have just skyrocketed faster than single families. And that yeah. might be due to the advent of house hacking just becoming incredibly sexy with millennials, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. If you get the hustle, you own work a little bit harder than the average person. Could be in a really good spot. Yeah, I know where you guys live too. I mean, a, a house is a lot cheaper and you can afford it. In, in <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That was like me, came out of college, 70 grand in, college, in student loan debt. And um, yeah. I was able to take down my first multi a uh, year and a half after I got out of college. So, oh, that's awesome. What do you think in Hawaii? I probably don't have that opportunity. <laughs> no, we're buying a, uh, we got a 15 unit for 5 million. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, like in Hawaii terms, it's probably not all that terrible, all things considered. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that, that play is it, that was the one we we're talking about. We're going to raise the rent uh, to section eight valued at yep. rentals. I noticed across the Midwest, a lot of the Bible belt and, and so forth. Uh, there's a lot of rents that could be raised to section eight to HUD, HUD, HUD rates. Um, but either they don't, or I don't know, it's hard to you know understand that, but it's interesting. Uh, it's like the chicken and the egg. So it like, HUD raises rates and then market yeah. like creeps up and beats it. And then HUD's like, oh, yeah. they got to raise it again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see rents raising across the nation right now. They are, they're going to stem off of our house values all went up across yeah. the nation. So we got higher mortgages, higher payments. So it's natural that rents will, will just trickle. So I, we're trying to buy as much as we can right now. Cause we know for multifamily, we know that rents are going to be, um, you know, they're just going to happen. They're going to have to move up, you know, with inflation and so forth, you know, um, Absolutely. we're already seeing a bunch of our rentals that uh, we have some rentals that are so hot right now. It's crazy. Like we, we literally put it on for one day and we're blown up with uh, people that we have to just turn them off because of the amount of people that need rentals. Uh, maybe say, I literally had a, a, a friend from high school call me today begging, like, what do you guys have? <laughs> <laughs> like we get a couple, but honestly, we put something up. We typically get two to 300 leads within 72 hours. Oh, geez. So, um, yeah, no, I feel that. I, it's funny. I hope you did rent to your buddy. I have my buddy. He was in my wedding actually calling me for a rental. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to rent to you. That's like, Cause then I have to give top five rules, right? Don't rent to yeah. friends and family. So yeah. that yeah. wholeheartedly agree with you there. Yeah. You, you got to give them discount and you got to do this and that. <laughs> Just you know, it's, it's a business. It's we do we do this for money, and it's a business. We got to treat it like a business, and uh, it's not nothing personal. It's a, it's our job, you know. That's that's right. Yeah. All right. So, so the for some reason, my um, my mic went off. My uh, internet dropped. Oh, but we're going to try to keep going here. Your computer update. That's so why it's kicking in. <laughs> no, all, all my internet died for some reason. Oh, <laughs> That's right, okay. So, uh, first question is, if someone wants to become a better investor, what would you recommend? Um, to, to go for it, to just start. I see that so much people are just reading books and are YouTube experts. There's this one guy I know, he's, he knows more than me and he's never done a deal. Uh, you know, it, paralysis. It, it's so common in the industry and the best way is just to start. And you know what I actually tell a lot of people? If you're a young kid out there, you have a job, just go get a loan from the bank and go buy your own place if you're renting. You know, that's, I think the best way to start is just buy something, buy, go to any bank. Um, I, I'm not affiliated with anything. Go to a small credit union, get a $100,000 loan, go buy it. If you don't want to live in it, rent it out, whatever. Um, but just yeah. that process of buying a house, I think is the hugest starting point. 
to, you know, learning about escrow, learning about uh, all the different, you know, the process of it all. Um, it's stressful. I remember when I was buying my first house. It's still just as stressful. But it's I remember buying it. I was sleeping on an air mattress the night after buying the first house, and I was yeah. sleeping in a unit that I was demoing. And I was like, "Why the hell am I doing this?" <laughs> <laughs> thinking back now, it was worth it. But man, that was that was crazy. It's absolutely yeah, wild. yeah. I, I, me and my wife lived in a like five hundred square foot box for. Yeah. We bought it for five hundred uh, two forty and. Uh, yeah, but we just knew that you needed to buy something and live in it, you know, instead of paying somebody else's mortgage, instead of paying somebody else's uh, rent, you know, you know, pay your own. So the best place to start is just go to get a loan, see what the bank will give you and start looking. Even if you don't live in it, you can rent it out, you know. Definitely. The next question is, what is one book that you've read that you would consider a must read? I'm not going to say it. Everyone say the say. I've been on a lot of podcasts. So a lot of people say the same book, I'm sure. You know, the Robert Kiyosaki, but bigger, um, you know, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, I would say actually to read as much as books as you can. I listen to books on tape and I listen to fast forward and a little trick. I sometimes will buy the book as well and follow along as it's reading just so I can plow through it a lot faster. Um, you know, when I drive, I don't listen to the radio. I listen to a book um, or podcast as well. You know, check out this podcast. <laughs> Make sure every, uh, <laughs> uh, for you guys. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm constantly, constantly trying to just fill that my, my, my brain up as much as books as I possibly can and implement it. You know, it's hard to implement. We read some good books, you know, but uh, implementing is uh, definitely hard, hard thing sometimes to remember to do, you know. Definitely. There you go. There you go. All right. Last question for me is what do you want to be when you grow up? Which means where do you see your business in five or 10 years? Um, to me, the, the coolest part of the business is I, I used to have a goal set of uh, being a millionaire, right? I, I want to be a millionaire, but that didn't mean much to me. That was, I made a million bucks in flipping. That was great, but that didn't mean nothing. The true goal is net worth. And net worth to me is real way more valuable than making a million dollars. And until you understand those two differences, it's such a, it's, it's a green changer. Cause once you have a net worth, you can you know, borrow money, you can do a lot of things or you can sell property, whatever it may be, but net worth is so much more important to me. So I'm on the $84,000 a month, uh, uh, net profit passive. So passive, oh, yeah away from my uh, flipping company is my huge goal right now. I remember writing that goal down and I was at a goal, goal retreat and the guy sitting next to me, uh, his goal was a million a month. And I just felt so small <laughs> with my 84,000 a month. And if you guys don't know what 84,000 a month is out there, that's a million bucks a year, guys. Passive. So net passive, net meaning after everything, passive meaning I'm not involved in it and it's just cash flowing. So I want to be more deliberate on my goals uh, and what I want, you know, um, and um, we're striving the next, uh, next year I'm striving to get 50 million in, uh, in uh, ownership of properties, uh, ADU um, uh, assets under management, um, under ownership really. Um, so we're striving for 50 million and, um, yeah, I think that just keep pushing those girl goals. I write them down every morning. I write them down. Um, I do this kind of goal setting thing every morning, write down any things I'm working on, things I need to focus on. Uh, and I, then I write out my goals and I read some uh, just 
inspirational books every morning. So constantly trying to do that. I used to do vision boards. Um, and uh, the, what was a, the secret was a great book uh, or video, oh, yeah. you know, so I love, love to keep the the goals in mind and, and just, you know, it's also was helpful for me putting a timeline on things and lowering that timeline. Cause say I wanted, you know, a million dollars in 10 years, but if I lowered it to one year and maybe I fell short, uh, it just got me there faster. So putting a timeline on things as well, uh, it really helps for me uh, to, to push myself. 100%. Good stuff. I love, I love the massive goals. I respect that. I'm a huge fan of the secret as well. So yeah. respect all of that. Um, Indar, if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Whether it's like an Instagram handle, a website, what's the best way? I, Indar Hawaii, I-N-D-A-R Hawaii on everything, on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Um, my email is Indar at ourhomeinvestments.com. And my phone number I'll put out there, 808-989-2323. I love talking about real estate. I love helping people. Message me on Instagram. I will spend 30 minutes every morning answering questions. I love, love just helping and talking about it. You know, there was no one for me when I first started in Hawaii, there was no one to look up to for me in Hawaii. So I want to be that kind of helpful to everyone out there and uh, see, you know, I, I, I feel there's abundance. There's enough for us to go around. There's enough for all of us to share. There's enough for all of us to make money. And I want everyone to succeed. I would love everyone to do even one flip a year. If, you know, if you're brand new starting out there, um, so message me and I'll do my best to help you. Um, you know, there's some things I won't share. I, I, got, an, <laughs> I got an email once. It was, who's your private money lesser lenders? Who's your contractors? I got a bullet point of like 50 things. I was like, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys heard it here. The best way to find indoors probably on Instagram, brought him some questions 30 minutes every morning into our Hawaii. Um, We hope that you guys enjoyed this episode of the Cashflow Kings podcast. In between podcasts, check out our daily content on Facebook and Instagram under the handle of the Cashflow Kings. Cheers to your success. Thank you. The Cashflow Kings. Thank you. The Cashflow Kings program is for basic entertainment purposes only. We do not give official legal, tax, or investment advice.